the Walking Purpose Podcast. Broadcasting all around the world. All around the world. Here on the Walking Purpose Podcast, we interview men around the world who are speaking on growth, mental health, and sharing their stories. Together, let's uplift kings. Now, here's your host, Craig Cooper. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Walking Purpose Walking Purpose Podcast, the season three, y'all. Again, for all you loyal listeners, I want to say thank you so much for listening. This is episode two, y'all. Episode two of season three. I'm here for a great, great, great friend of mine. He has an awesome podcast called the Awareness Space Podcast. He also a wellness coach. Owen, feel free to introduce yourself, sir. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Like you said, you know, you've been on my show a few times. Um, some of the most powerful conversation I have, especially the group one we did for racial trauma, that was that was really powerful. And I want to thank you again for 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 doing that for me. It was it was um, yeah, it was emotional but needed. Yes, very needed, very needed, very needed conversation. And it's funny because that conversation aged well because uh, stuff like that never stops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, before we start the podcast, we dive deep into it. How are you doing right now? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Matt. I'm good. It's um, it's a big transition in my life right now. So, you know, I'm moving from my full-time work back into full-time business since COVID's coming to a close. So I'm excited, nervous about starting again and building up that client base. But um, after two years kind of out of it, um, I'm uh, I'm excited, but kind of a little bit edgy as well. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense to beat out there again. You know, uh, that's the same thing I'm feeling right now. I'm getting ready to transition to a new job. So it's like, that little slight anxiety, so I get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Again, best of luck because I know you're going to just do good mm-hmm. well with that. Uh, let's dive deep into the podcast. Your podcast is called the Wellness Space Podcast. It's something that you always speak on, like the the key of being self aware. Anything you want to speak to the audience about being self aware? Yeah, sure. Thank you. I mean, you know. The awareness space is obvious what it'd be called that, you know, it's a space where I bring somebody on and we talk about what self-awareness means to them, you know, and kind of how we can use it, you know, because I think so many of us, don't we, we kind of are on autopilot, you know, we're kind of yeah. going through the motions. We're not really being aware of our thoughts or maybe not even being aware of our body sensations and just reacting, reacting right. to how it all happens rather than kind of watching, you know, observing what's going on briefly before we react. So it's kind of this, the more you do it, the more you start to notice your stuff. And you're like, oh, wow, I notice I do that a lot. And then you can start to make shifts in your life that actually may work out better for you by becoming aware. So that's kind of a starting point, I would say, for self-awareness. That's a great point. It's, I, I would definitely add to that, like being self-aware is also a key of you being like your true authentic self. I think a lot of times us as people, we, we tend to to hold ourselves back from who we truly are. We tend to think too much of ourselves and not being free of being authentic selves. That's very important. So thank you for that, that great aspect. That's no problem. And it's kind of, yeah, just to sort of hop on what you just said there, which is really powerful, this kind of sense of, you know, for us to be authentic and to be kind of like aligned with what matters to our values, I think you need to, on a daily basis, reflect on 
how you're being, how you've reacted to kind of get a sense of what really matters. Cause you'll notice the things that really affect you could actually just be really important. Like, you know, if it's justice, uh, that's quite extreme. Obviously justice is really high up the ladder, but you know what I mean? If there's, mm-hmm. you know, someone's do, saying something to somebody and you don't really agree with that sort of way of behaving, you feel a little bit angry about it. That's brilliant. That means that you care about that person in that situation. And I think we can learn a lot of positive things about ourselves that we probably didn't even know um, are kind of part of who we are and what our values are. And I think the more of that we have, the better. Yes, uh, that's a great point. I'm a segue. It's segue to the next question. Uh, <laughs> speaking of who you are as a person, I remember at one point you took a break from the social media to, to get yourself together. I feel like a lot of audience can relate to that. You know, not just from social media. Sometimes you just take a break from people to get yourself together. Um, care to explain what that experience was like and what you learned? Yeah, thank you. It's interesting because no matter how self-aware I am and how many years I've been kind of practicing the self-awareness and self-compassion, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, is um, kind of noticing how, because I love this, you know, I love these conversations. I love hosting podcasts. I love making videos, all this kind of good stuff. Love bringing people together. But because I love it so much, I sometimes don't catch myself overdoing it you know, burning myself out for something that I love. When you think you love it, it's not really affecting you. It does if you don't create space. Right. So I kind of, it got, I was doing so much with it. I think I lost my way a little bit and I was working full time as well. And I kind of thought, hang on a second. I just need to take a breath here and find out where this is going because I kind of got lost with what I wanted to do next. So that time, I think it was about three months in the end where I kind of really wasn't even really online. It was really weird not being out there in the, in the Instagram world. So I kind of focused on my job and kind of flirted a little bit with other jobs, like maybe getting into horticulture and doing gardening or had a look at a few things, but none of it felt quite right. So I know this is definitely the right thing, but I need to create boundaries around how I'm using it and how I'm doing it. So when I get my coaching qualifications done and I launch my business, I now, I need to lead by example now, you know, two clients today, that's it. Yeah, that's that has. To, I, I need to give all my energy to those people, and then go for a walk and meditate, and be with my family, and go to my allotment where I've got a garden there, and just spend some time in solitude, which is also important. So for me, it was a combination of burnout and kind of losing my way because I wasn't taking time. That's a great point. You know, um, to be transparent, I've recently had to like take a break from social media. I had to take a break from a lot of things. So, well, a good six, seven months ago. And I realized one thing about entrepreneurs is workers as ourselves. A lot of us preach that go, 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 go attitude. Go, go. Like even if you're passionate about something, you're passionate about a podcast or passionate about a business, sometimes you gotta take a break for you. And you gotta realize like everything's still gonna still be there. And that's one thing I can relate to, just had those moments to like reset and to recharge. And like when I started season two, I was like, we're going through a lot. And I was like, I felt terrible for just cutting things off. I was like, you know what? I got to get me together right now. I got to take my time. And now I'm feeling right now, it's like, I feel good. Everything's kind of coming together. My personal life is just blossoming. It's like, for anyone that's listening in the audience, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to take a step back and take care of you. Because if you don't take care of you, no one else will. Definitely add to that. That's really powerful. And you touched on something there at the beginning, which I really liked about that point is kind of, you know, we have to reflect on, you know, why we are doing these things and what's the the foundation to it. Because I think we're told 
by the entrepreneurial world, you know, we're told that if you work really, really hard and give it all you've got and use every hour that you have, you will make your business work and you will grow. And it's such a misconception that that's the way to do it. It's about working smart. It's about being clever. It's about so much of people getting success is knowing the right people, turning up in the right places, you know, making the right contacts and being clever with your time. You know, if you can fine tune the way you do things and create more space for yourself, you'll find when you walk away and you go for a walk or you meditate where it may be. And even in the shower, you know, you're just focusing on, on the water on your skin. You'll probably start to notice really cool ideas fly into your mind. Oh my God, that's amazing. Which wouldn't come up if you were just a hundred miles an hour focused. I think this work hard to be successful thing is, is, is rubbish. I think it's, you, there is a bit of that, but you have to know why you're doing the things you're doing. And by doing that, you know that you matter too. And it's really important to, you know, the old cheesy line, you, know, you can't pour from an empty cup or, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself first, you know, all yeah. the classic lines that we hear. Yeah. But it's it's true, you know, whether we like it or not, it's true. We have to take that time. So for me personally, I'm sure you might be this. I know your podcast is in like series is, which I really like, is that I'm nearly hitting 100 episodes. And once Ooh. I've hit that, in eight episodes time, I'm taking three weeks off yeah. and then I'll start with 101. I need to do that. Otherwise I'll keep going, going and going yeah. and then going, God, I'm getting so exhausted with these conversations. So yeah. I've already, look, I'm already making a change and planning those breaks. That's a good point. Uh, I remember my season one, I did like 30 weeks in a row. I don't, don't know how I did that. Now it's like, mm-hmm. now I try to do it as like, I try to do like two weeks in a row, take a break, two weeks, take a break or it depends on how I'm feeling. If I got something going on, if I got like, I need to cancel it. I feel like I'm sometimes audience also, it's okay to reschedule. It's okay to postpone. It's okay. Sometimes your energy might not be off or as an entrepreneur, you're selling t-shirts, whatever it is. Like, it's okay to like take a step back. You know what? I need to reschedule. I'm not feeling today. That's okay. That's a good point. Yeah, you have to kind of check in with yourself and then you can check in with the person yeah. that you're, you're you're due to speak with. But um, yeah, yeah, it's all about listening, isn't it? It's listening to uh, what comes up for you and making the right choice for you and those around you. Yeah, it's a great thing just to make sure you have a schedule and all that. So that's a great point. And uh, it's a great takeaway for the audience and us as well. <laughs> Take on advice. Yeah, um, remember. Now we're going to deep dive into the podcast in the next segment. This is the part where you, you know, share your story uh, you feel comfortable telling your story about as far as anything you have faced in the past, whether it's depression, whether it's just a setback in life. Can you share that with the audience? Yeah, sure. Um, I've I told the story enough times now that um, <laughs> I think I found a way to fine tune it, I think, I hope. Um, and it's interesting. I don't know if you've done it with your show, but I think when you do an episode about yourself, like a my story episode as a host, I, my, that episode's done really well for me. I think people like to get to know the host a little bit, which is really nice. Um, that's a good point for anybody that's got a show that's listening. Um, it's worth doing an episode like that. It's very powerful. But yeah, for me, I'll try and do it quickly. There's, lot, there's lots have happened, but essentially when I was a kid, I was quite privileged. Obviously, I live in England and, um, you know, I was in a rich city that is Bath. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a well-off city. So by no means was I in, in a bad area. But my parents worked so hard. They worked so hard. They were always working constantly. They were never around. So rather than seeing it as an abusive kind of environment um it was more traumatic in the sense that my needs weren't met i didn't see them i wasn't hearing that they loved me a lot i felt really alone and isolated as a kid um and kind of 
had no one to really talk to. I had to deal with things by myself. And as I got older and older and older, I did it more and more. So I was constantly in childcare, um, which is fine, babysitters and things. Um, but then one of them abused me. So one of these particular um, childminders called it, sort of force fed me and put me in a cupboard if, and locked the door under the stairs if I was behaving badly. You know, so quite traumatic. But then I'd go home and not tell my parents. I had no relationship with them really like that. So I was just this six, seven-year-old kid just bottling everything in. And then as I got into uh, my school life, into high school, I got in kind of with the wrong kids. So not bad kids necessarily, but they kind of used me as the as the the one to bully. So I want I just wanted them to be my friends. It lasted about three years. Just be my friend, be my friend. You know, I wanted to be seen and accepted and loved for the first time properly. But they just beat me up after school and lots of physical abuse stuff. So I used to go home, bruises all over my body and stuff, and crying in the shower as a like a 11, 12 year old. Couldn't talk to my parents. So I had to deal with the whole thing by myself. Um, so I started writing when I was 16, writing poetry and getting it all out on paper. Very powerful, everybody. Um, yes. Writing, uh, very useful, being creative. So I did that, um, and then as I got into my twenties, just I'm just speeding through this. As I got into my twenties, then obviously the depression kicked in. You know, I felt so out of my body because of all of the physical stuff from school and the uh, and the childminder stuff. So I wasn't in my body. I felt very dissociated. I was very low, depressed. Couldn't speak to new people. Couldn't look people in the eye. Hated meeting, you know, going socially, going out and, and being around people I don't know. It was a really tough time. And my partner really struggled with me. I got worse and worse over six years of being with her. So she ended it eventually when I was 25, 26. Um, I'm very grateful she did because I wouldn't be here doing this, I can tell you. But um, after that, my I had hypnotherapy. And when I had the hypnotherapy, I started remembering all my childhood stuff, the, the, yeah. the abuse. I didn't remember any of it. My childhood brain had blocked it all out because it's too traumatic. Then I remembered it all, waking up, shivering, shaking, crying after sessions. It was horrible. It was like it was a film or something. It wasn't my life. I'd actually repressed those memories. I had no idea I'd been abused. It's very interesting. There's more on that, but that's for another day. But then by remembering all that, I then got insane anxiety, obviously trying to process all of this pain. So my depression switched to anxiety for a few years where I was fainting, blacking out, the panic attacks were so bad. Um, it was a really tough time. And it took years of different kinds of therapy and getting in with the right people, some very beautiful yeah. people in the job I had. They were amazing. And they really saw me and I was able to be myself and be silly and creative. And the power of community is, is massive. And they allowed me to kind of heal with their witnessing, I guess. So by the time I got through that, I then fell in love, with, obviously, with mental health, emotional health. What's it all about? How can other people come through this? That's why I'm so passionate. And then a few years later, I had a life-threatening illness and I nearly died. And that was like the final piece of the puzzle for me. I was like, oh, my God, I thought I was going to be dead. And here I am. I'm still alive. And I've been on a mission ever since the last four or five years to kind of raise awareness of trauma and trauma recovery because it's debilitating and it can affect so many of us. So... Um, I'm going to leave it there. Um, but there it is. There's a little patchwork timeline for got you. It, got it. Um, yes. I can, there are certain things I can relate to as far as your story. And there's a lot of you, Phil, going through the same thing as far as being bullied and as far as the voice is not being heard. You know, saying so once you feel like your voice is not being heard, you tend to not speak up for yourself. And it's one of those things where I feel like it's relatable because one because unfortunately those things follow you into your teens and follow you to your early 20s and sometimes 30s like not being able to speak up for yourself was it 
was it a moment where you feel like you you didn't speak up because you felt like lower, I guess? That's how I feel. That's why I'm asking this question. Is that the reason why you felt like you didn't want to speak up for yourself at the time? To be honest with you, I think I got to a point where I didn't think I was worthy. I didn't think I was worth worth it, you know, and I think that's the beginning of a spiral towards for everyone I've interviewed about suicidal thoughts. It starts there. You start thinking you're worthless and pointless. Yeah. And it leads down dark path. I was lucky that it didn't get that bad, but it started with that. I felt I was unworthy of being heard. So I just stopped doing it. I stopped asking for help. I stopped looking. And that's why getting the therapy was so difficult because I had to value myself to want to have that therapy. Mm. It took a bit of a, it took a bit of a push, but people helped me. I couldn't have done it on my own. I need other people to say, go on, I'll walk with you to the therapy center. If I didn't have that, God knows where it would have gone. So I'm very grateful again to community for that. Uh, yeah, let me just share this with the audience and anyone that's listening, and, and particularly if you're a youth and you're feeling like your voice is heard, you feel like you're, you're worthless. And let me just say that's the biggest lie in the world. And let me say to there are parents and there are teachers who probably through the same thing you've been through. I think a lot of times us as youth, as just us as young men and young women, we feel like no one can relate to our story. No one has, has been through what you're going through. Though, unfortunately, part of depression, it affects a lot of us. And the biggest lie is that you're all alone. So let me just say that to the audience, like that's not true at all. Yeah, it's so, you know, it's hard to know how how to find, you know, people that are going to hear you. But I just think it's worth looking. But yes. maybe it's like men's groups online. It could be it could be you. They could DM you. They could DM me. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I'm going through some stuff, you know, just reach out, take a punt. But there's plenty of men, especially out in the world like you, and me and all the people I've interviewed, you've interviewed. who are kind of out there doing that good work. And we're here. We're here just to listen, really, to sit there and listen. Um, and I think that's the first step for anybody. Once you've been heard, that's the start of the healing process for me. That's a good question. That goes to my segue uh, um, question off the top of the head. Was there a moment where you feel like, oh, I'm being heard? Was there a moment where I felt like you started to go upward route when you felt like you was being heard? You know what? That's a really cool question, actually. Thank you. Because um, I ask that question of people as well. Um, I'm trying to think for me, like I said, you know, I got very lucky because I think I feel mine was more community orientated because okay. it certainly was it certainly wasn't my parents and it wasn't the women I was dating or anything. I there were quite a few people in that job who just saw me for me, that 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 other side, the childlike side, you know, that the fun side of me and the creative side. So I think I got very lucky. I think it was four or five people who took me out for drinks. We have a night on the town and dance and, you know, all the things I needed to be part of a tribe. So I have to say, rather than being a person, it would, would have been a tribe and that would have been just before the therapy that I did before, sorry, after hypnotherapy, have hypnotherapy first, anxiety, then those group helped me get to the next therapist, the next therapist. But I needed them to help me, push me towards that. So I would suggest to people it can be a person or it can be a group. If you can find a sports group even, you know, join a, join a soccer team or, you know, locally or something. Just anything like that could be, could be quite powerful. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a powerful statement. And another question I got, um, you know, when you finally found your voice, you finally started your podcast, you finally started to help other people. How did that feel for you, for a person who actually been through those processes or been through moments of depression mm-hmm. to feel like, dang, I'm, I'm giving back to a person. How did that feel for you? Uh, terrifying to start with, <laughs> I have to say. I kind of, the more confident I got in this job again, I thank you so much for that job. The more confident I got, I kind of, 
I kind of got into exercise and running and I became like a half marathon runner and part, joined a, a running community. And that was really beautiful. And being proud of myself, proud of myself for, you know, achieving these running times and getting fit and slim and toned and eating really well. It felt really good. I sort of picked myself up. That was the start for me. I just want to be clear that like I exercise kind of other than the community, it was the exercise piece because that led me to go, oh my God, like this is really cool. Fitness is really cool. And that's why I kind of went down the personal training route originally. So that's the first thing I ever did was personal training. And because I went to that course and was around strangers and learned with this, my classmates, I felt a lot more confident and they kind of teach you how to kind of, you know, coach a client on a treadmill or on the weights bench or whatever it may be it kind of got me into performing a little bit you know hey you know like do this do this oh this is fun I I kind of wish maybe I should got into acting or something it it was really cool and then that obviously then spawned from there so I was like cool I'll do a video on how to do crunches properly or something filmed it I was absolutely terrible (laughs) it was really awkward but the more I've done it over the last 10 years, I'm now here and I think I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at all this stuff, hosting and, and, and being on camera. So it just it's like anything. You just got to make a start. You're not going to be great the first time. And then yeah. you just keep going. But I was shaking and trembling doing those videos. I was like, get quite bad anxiety with it. But I knew it was worth it. I, yeah. I knew that anxiety, that kind of anxiety. Right. If I can, if I can hold it and control it well, is really, really worthwhile because it can push you beyond your anxiety later. That's a good point. Um, I can relate to that for as far as like uh, diving into the fitness world. Like I found my my fitness world in the middle of me being depressed. I think one of those key factors also is just like try to create a victory for yourself. What it's like, I, I'm, I'm starting to write again. I'm starting to do something like that. Those, I feel like creating victories for yourself can lead to confidence. Like those small building blocks. You know what? I'm, I feel good and losing weight or I'm working on myself. Now, let me take on this. Now I got this fear out on comfort. Now, let me take on this big monster. I got depression. And I feel like that's one thing you both can relate to. Is like, okay, I got this small victory over here. It's building my confidence up. Now, let me just take on that. Was that a key factor of like you just building yourself up as far as your confidence and your well-being and all that? I think something you said there was really powerful, actually, is that we tend to think we need to take these things head on or tackle the highest level of these things. Yeah. And sometimes you can look at the opposite of that. So what maybe I can get a few minutes where I'm feeling good or a few minutes where I'm feeling connected or present or a few minutes of feeling a bit of pride. You may switch back to putting yourself down and thinking you're rubbish. But if you can just get those few minutes, I I, when I work with clients, this is going to be the message here is that we don't want to just unwire all of the stuff that's getting in your way. We also want to start looking at the stuff that you love, those little small things, those moments of joy and happiness. And we we start there because that's the foundation of where you're going to go. And you finding fitness and doing it bit by bit, that's a place that felt good for you and you could grow. So you don't want to spend a whole time dealing with the dark side. You need to start creating some light. So when you get over to the dark, you can hold it better. And I think that's why fitness is so powerful because you can start to build literally on all levels, mentally, emotionally, physically, doing something that you're passionate about to make life seem a little bit less difficult, a little bit less intense. So I think that's what happened for me. It was looking at, um, they call it glimmers in polyvagal terms. So looking for those glimmers in life, not just your triggers. So looking for those special moments. You'll start to learn who you are and what you want. And then the, the tough stuff's easier to get rid of later. Yeah, it is. Because I, I learned like with tough stuff, you take literally take it like one thing at a time. You start to like take away from certain things. So 
when you look at that monster, it's, it, for anyone who's looking at like depression as this big old mountain you got to climb, and it's like, how am I going to do this? It's a key factor of taking those small victories and adding up, like we just said a few seconds ago. But piece by piece, day by day, when you feel those moments like, I feel like giving up, let's try again one day at a time, one second, one hour at a time. And that, that leads to my next question. What advice do you give to any man right now who's like feeling like, I can't do it? Feeling like, I just, I can't. That word can't just, is stuck in that man's head, stuck in that woman's head, stuck in that young child's head. What advice do you give to that, you know, to that person? It's a really good question. And this is kind of where the self-compassion piece comes in. And it's not easy, honestly. When I first started doing it, the self-compassion stuff just felt really lame and stupid and like, oh, that's weird, you know, saying, you know, saying nice things about myself or whatever it may be but i think people feel like they need to do something big to to start making a shift right like oh god i gotta do something but i can't do it i can't face it i'm so anxious about it what if they you know what if they think i'm weak or yeah you, know, you have all these stories about why you shouldn't there'll be so many th- reasons why you shouldn't do it but the point of all of those reasons are all going to be thought-based right more often than not all these reasons that you have not to do it are beliefs and thoughts right? Neither of them sometimes are our own. So these thoughts that fly into our head are just noise. They don't mean anything. We then believe what the thought is telling us. So thoughts don't have opinions. Thoughts aren't good or bad. They come in and then we decide if they're good or bad. And we decide whether they have power over us. It's really it's really difficult. But once you, it sounds like a really weird piece of advice, but honestly, it's really worked for me and, and people I've spoken to, is once you realize that thoughts aren't facts and they don't mean anything, you can then make a choice to maybe try and stand away from your thought for a second and create some space and just say, I'm noticing this thought about me not being able to do it or I'm worthless or she thinks I'm a waste of space or whatever your, your storyline is. Can you somehow witness that? Can you have a look at that and say, I noticed that belief's coming through. A thought is coming into my mind. I'm going to step back and just go, is that true though? Where is that coming from? And this level of self-talk is much more powerful than our usual self-talk, which is, oh God, I'm useless. Yeah, I am useless because I did this thing and it proved yeah. that I was useless. I yeah. did that. It shows that I'm shit and I'm crap. We believe that because it's the self-talk. It's the easiest kind of self-talk. I disagree. But as soon as you start saying, actually... You know, if I look at every day that I'm alive, there'll probably be one thing I did that day, which was really good and really lovely. And maybe I held a door open for somebody or let somebody out of junction when I'm in my car. Look at all those bits and go, God, you know, that was a really nice thing to do. And it sounds really silly, but we have to start rewiring our brain to start filling it with either space or positivity, obviously. But this compassion piece is about meeting a negative thought with compassion saying, I know why you're here. It's because my abuse is a kid, or it's because of how that relationship ended, or it's because of this. I get it, but that's in the past. And now I have to say right now, how can I have a special moment right now, a good moment, a moment that will make me feel good about myself because we're all worthy of that. So there's loads of points in there, but you kind of get my point. It's not about taking action. It's about reflection so we can start to rebuild. I like that. I like that. That's a powerful statement. Actually, I'm going to definitely add to that. I feel like um, what I learned to do lately, what helped me kind of get out of my uh, slump six, seven months ago was I, I literally will sit and manifest my whole day. And sometimes I, I sit in silence for like two hours or an hour or 30 minutes, whatever the case may be, to manifest my day how it's going to go. 
Again, it's not saying it's gonna be perfect, but what I'm trying to do is build some positive building blocks for my day. How my day is gonna work, how it's gonna be. Literally close my eyes, okay, this is how it's gonna go. I'm trying to fill my, my mindset with positive thoughts and positive thinking because sometimes a negative thought will come in. I can just shift that out and just, I'm not saying it's gonna be perfect, but it's worth trying it every single day. And I'll also like to add to that is um, if there is something that good, something good that happened during the day or night, write that thing down. Like, oh, I had a good run. Oh, I had a good workout. Oh, I got a promotion. It don't have to be something big, but something small. Write it down. You know, put it right beside you if you got to. So you can get up like, you know what? Monday I had this. Tuesday I got this. Like, man, look at look at all these small goals that I accomplished. So I definitely add like an add to that. Just creating those small building blocks for yourself every single day. That's really lovely. Anything gratitude based is going to be going down the self-compassion route anyway. It's making you, 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 you know, feel good about it. It could be massive stuff as well. You can be really grateful yeah, that you're, yeah. you're alive or you can just yes. be grateful that you were able to, I don't know, drive down the road, just anything that you can yeah. find because so many people don't get to have that. And we don't want to, we don't want to compare our stuff with other people's comparison is very dangerous yeah. so try not to do that but actually sometimes it's appropriate you know, right now that we're speaking there's this horrendous war in ukraine with russia invading it's a horrible time yeah. and i have to watch feel that pain i'm watching on and feeling i feel so bad for these people but then i also have to then be grateful oh my god how lucky am i to live in england who is, I'm so blessed, I'm so privileged to live in this country and the infrastructure we have. You have to feel for them, feel for others, and then also go, wow, I'm so lucky and grateful for my privilege. And we know that came up on our racial trauma episode. Compare, my life compared to yours, I'm unbelievably privileged for being white. So number one there, I have to be grateful. That's a massive privilege. Yeah, yeah. But also there's small privileges, really baby privileges that we can work on. You know, I'm sad that I'm losing my hair, but I'm grateful that I've got quite a cracking beard. So I'm going to find the positive hey, in, this hair, guys, in this hair issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that's a good point. That's a good point. you know, this lap. That's a good point because it's one of those things where like we complain about the little things. And for the little things we complain about, there's a guy like, dang, like, I wish I lived like him. I wish I lived like him. I wish I drove that kind of car. It could be the, the it could be anything in the world. So I definitely agree to that as far as that that small comparison, but a small like thing of gratitude and a small thing of creating your counting your blessings every single day. Yeah, and that definitely. leads to that leads to my next question, my next statement. This has been a great interview. Before we get off, <laughs> any final words, anything that motivates you to get up in the morning or night or whatever. Yeah, I just wanted to say, because we, talk, we talked a lot about thoughts there, which we would call top down. But I just really want to leave this piece of information with your listeners. It's really important that we have to think about bottom up. So depending on how your body feels, how you're feeling in your body, are you agitated, anxious? Is you know some anger there? Is it, you know, low mood, whatever it is? That body sensation will affect your thoughts. So the thoughts that come into your mind and then move on like a cloud in the sky, which is what thoughts do, they come in and out. Where they only stick around if we focus on them right so that's that's what happens but if your body is in a state of anxiety or depression low mood anger whatever your thoughts will shift and change they will change to angry thoughts they will change to hopeless thoughts so not only do we need to kind of work with our thoughts and witness them and watch them go by we also need to attend to our bodies so if we're feeling anxious and our bodies in fight and flight and that creates anxious thoughts 
What's the best thing you can do? Attend to your body and those thoughts will change. So not only think about how you think every day, but notice how your body is on a daily basis. That's what I do all the time. How am I feeling? Wow, I feel agitated. Maybe I'm tired. Maybe my blood sugar's dropped. Maybe I'm emotionally annoyed. Sometimes it's not emotional. Sometimes it's literally blood sugar. You just have to get used to agitation and what that feels like for you and your body. And then make those adjustments and your thoughts will shift and change. And life on that top down thoughts to the body, body thoughts up. That's why that's how I live my life. And it's changed the game for me. I'm able to attend to my body, take those breaks when I need to give the food what it needs, give the food, give the body the food that it needs yeah. and just kind of listen, just listen, just take time, turn everything off. So it's nice and quiet and just check in for a few minutes. And if it's uncomfortable, go back to what you're doing. Obviously don't make yourself feel terrible, but just check in if you can, if it feels okay, say, what do I need? And try and do that. Powerful, powerful. This has been a great, a great <laughs> episode. Again, for our listeners, continue to build yourself up every single day. Continue to count your blessings every single day. Just continue to matter. Just never forget that you matter. Your thoughts matter. You, you matter if we're here for a reason. Again, thank you so much. It's a great interview. So I can't wait to the audience to see this. Um, before we go, feel free to tell the audience where to find you, social media, anything. Yeah, thank you. First off, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for being a great mate. It's been such a joy to know you and have these conversations. I'm very Likewise. grateful. Um, and the best way to find me is just it's just the awareness space. So on Instagram, just put in the awareness space. It's uh, it's coaching, soon to be coaching, and then the podcast. So everything will be there. There's a YouTube channel with all the latest trailers from the podcast on there podcasters on every you know platform you can think of um and that's most of the year i'm mostly on instagram that's where i hang out so if you want to come and check it out then head over there and i'll and i'll be there okay thank you so much again the podcast is available every sunday y'all every sunday at 12 a.m eastern standard time guys thank you so much signing out <laughs>